Hey everyone, so a quick disclaimer before the episode starts. Uh, for I'm not sure what exactly happened, maybe I used the wrong setting on the mic that I was using, or I recorded it incorrectly or something, or I don't know exactly what happened, but when I played back the audio files for when I filmed the third episode of my podcast, which you're about to watch right now, the audio was really low. I had to actually increase the volume on my laptop to almost the highest level to even hear anything. I tried to fix it as much as I could in editing, but it still is kind of low, so just letting you know that you're probably going to have to increase the volume on whatever device you're uh, watching this or listening this episode on. And so I do, I do apologize that the uh, audio isn't perfect, but I still hope you enjoy the episode anyway. And I'll say this again at the end of the video, but so after watching this, please remember to uh, lower the volume after you're done so that when you watch other videos, you don't destroy your eardrums. Alright, so I hope you enjoy. Now this is podcast. Hello everyone, this is Colton, and welcome back to the third episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing. So today, uh, just like the last podcast episode today, we're also going to be comparing kind of the uh, Star Wars prequels and the Star Wars sequels, which many people see angrily do on the internet nowadays. Uh, with me today, I have two very special friends. Why don't you guys introduce yourself with your name, favorite Star Wars movie, and least favorite Star Wars movie. Well, I'm Tabitha. My favorite Star Wars movie is kind of a tie between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. I really like them both. And then my least favorite is probably Phantom Menace. Hi, I'm William. I have a tie in two ways. So on the one hand, uh, my you could say that my least favorite is Phantom Menace, similarly, and my favorite is The Force Awakens. But then on the flip side of it, I could easily say that Rise of Skywalker is my least favorite. Really? And Really? Wow. And that Revenge of the Sith is my favorite. That's interesting. That, yep. That's interesting. All right. Well, um, I believe I said this in the last episode, but uh, just in case I didn't, I'll say it again. My favorite Star Wars movie is Empire. That's the only Star Wars movie that I would consider perfect from every aspect, storytelling. Well, maybe not acting. There are a couple moments where the acting was a bit meh, but I still love it. Mm -hmm. And my least favorite Star Wars movie is not including that certain holiday special that we don't talk about is Attack of the Clones. Uh, I, I understand why some people would think Phantom Menace is worse, but I still have fun watching Phantom Menace even though it is an objectively bad movie. But Attack of Clones is just so dull and I, I hate the I hate sand line, so Attack of the Clones is my least favorite uh, Star Wars movie. So, in the <laughs> Classic, bringing up the sand already. Here we go. So, in the last episode, we we did sort of, so me and my other two friends, Michaela and Joshua, shout out to them, we did sort of the, uh, discuss Star Wars and go a, a bit into comparing the prequels and the sequels, uh, but it was mostly just a free-for-all discussion on Star Wars in general. And in this episode specifically, we're going to, uh, or at least attempt to, go more in-depth into uh, what makes the prequels or the sequels tick or not tick, and sort of analyze just the aspects within all of six of those movies, and briefly also maybe share our thoughts on the reactions to these movies. Mm. So, uh, let's first talk a bit about the prequels. A while ago, at the church I go to, I talked with a few adults who were born in the late 60s, early 70s. They were probably around between ages 8 to 11 when the first Star Wars movie came out. So they, they grew up with Star Wars. And what's interesting is that their reaction to the prequels is very similar to a lot of people of our generation reacting 
who grew up with the prequels reacting to the Disney movies. Mm. Oh, what is this? This looks terrible. This isn't Star Wars. That was what a lot of these adults said in, when they were in their 20s watching, in 1999, Phantom Menace. And that's kind of, that echoes how we feel about the Disney Star Wars movies. So mm. I thought that that was very interesting. Briefly, uh, if you will, share with me your thoughts on the prequels and sort of the weird reaction to the prequels. I think that just to sort of defend the prequels and sequels, I think it's really difficult when you have such a unique concept like Star Wars and you try to add on to something that seems perfect to the people who were gifted with it in the beginning. So I think adding anything onto that, you know, it's it's not like it's anything new now. You're having to conserve what was beautiful about it to start and then still add things that are valuable. Um, so that's just a little side note before we get too into the nitty gritty, I think. Um, easy to hate, but there's a lot to love too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess I would kind of agree. Um, it, so I actually rewatched all uh, nine of the movies. Uh, I didn't rewatch Rogue One or Solo, but I wa- rewatched the nine movies of the main Skywalker trilogy recently. It, well, except for Rise of Skywalker because I'm broke. <laughs> but um, it was it was interesting. I still love the original trilogy, but watching the prequels and the new movies was interesting. So the and this this time this was probably my seventh or eighth time watching these movies and it was it was re- it was actually kind of difficult to get through the prequels this time like like I've always noted except when I was um, eight years old when I watched Phantom Menace and Attack of Clones for the first time throughout most of my life I have acknowledged that there are issues with the prequels but I've loved them anyway and this time it was a bit of a different reaction um attack of clones i could i it took me several days to finish actually attack the attack the clones just i have so many issues with that movie and yeah, not about the romance honestly oh god the romance yeah, i can't stand it and i mean honestly it was right up there with phantom menace in movies that i dislike i think that the romance sort of detracts from everything that happens and also it feels a little creepy like she was his babysitter and now they're like getting together and having a baby and in the next movie he like force chokes her and it's just like this whole i don't know i don't like the reason that the plot is driven forward yeah yeah i think i like it i like it as a reason for the plot i like the direction that Lucas tried to push it, and I don't, I don't have any objection with uh, the the way that he chose to have Anakin go from being this young boy full of hope and and a little bit of fear, and become full on the the greatest Sith Lord that the galaxy ever saw. I the the problem that I do have with it is more the fact that it feels. A little forced or a little rushed. Um, that's true. That that's a criticism that I will that I will give to it. But and but that's also kind of true of a lot of things right. because you're, you're in in that prequel trilogy. You're trying really hard to have a whole lot of exposition that that frames the the original trilogy uh, in a shorter amount of time. Right. I remember thinking that all of the we were just talking about this today that all of the politics in the prequels bored me to death when I was a child and I just tuned it all out and now those are the most interesting parts while some of the other things that almost feel like filler which I would say the romance feels like filler (laughs) even though it's really important to the plot um it feels like filler and the pod racing scene feels like just so much filler and they're all kind of important long-term, I guess. But um, the things that used to intrigue me when I was a child have since become the things that I dread about watching the prequels. That, it's, that's interesting you say that because I had a kind of opposite react, I kind of opposite reaction to Phantom Menace, those aspects in Phantom Menace. 
when I was a kid, like Phantom Menace, like I love watching it for a first time and even a second time. I loved everything about it. Like there were no eight year old me did not see any have any problems with it. Um, I loved everything. Uh, although even actually, although even as a kid, I thought Jar Jar was weird. I was like, why? Why is this thing here? But now that I'm older, it's actually the op- kind of opposite of you. It's the politics stuff that bores me, and mm. the quote unquote filler stuff like pod racing and that duel between uh, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul. I that... mean, that's classic, great Star Wars, though. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 duel was awesome. Yeah. Speaking, we'll we'll actually I'll actually get into uh, the duels in the other movies later on, but I actually want to address something that really bothers me about the prequels actually and uh is that the jedi are a-holes oh yes i love one of the reasons that i love empire strikes back so much is because of puppet yoda who is vastly different than cgi yoda in the prequel trilogy and I, I hate Yoda in the prequels. Yeah, and I hate everybody yeah. else. Qui-Gon Jinn is manipulative and mean. They kidnap children, just like everybody else in the universe, but still awful. And I think exactly that is why I'm going to point to the fact that I think that the, the prequels actually do what they do well. Yeah. Yoda in the original trilogy, you know, puppet Yoda actually framed it as the Jedi are inconsistent, that they that they can't do what he says that they're prepared to do. There's a there's a point when uh, Luke is being trained by Yoda and Dagobah and he says that the Jedi use their powers only to uh, for knowledge and to protect, never to attack. But, but we also know the whole but we also know the whole reason that that Obi-Wan sent Luke to Yoda was so that he could grow in the force so that he could go kill his dad. There there's inconsistency right there that shows that the the Jedi really can't live up to their ideals. No one can live up to their ideals. And then you take a look at this the prequel trilogy and the, the, all those holes in the in the Jedi order become very apparent. The, the ones who have risen to, to the height of, of the council, you think about Qui-Gon, you, you think about Yoda, they appear to be part of the Jedi Order, except that they don't actually think like the Jedi, they don't act like the Jedi are supposed to, and so it's, it's, no, it's no surprise at all when Anakin comes along and says, yeah, I'm not supposed to feel passion or attachment, and then what do you know? Yeah. He feels passion and attachment. He's he's seen a lot of hypocrisy. And I think that's what the prequel trilogy aims to point out is the hypocrisy within the Jedi Order. You know, you you saying that out loud, it sounds really actually really cool. And I'm I believe and it's possible that that's what George Lucas was going for, but I just if that's what he was indeed going for, then it was just really poorly executed. Yeah, on the one hand, it's really awesome that we have this kind of setup for the sequel trilogy, basically, where we then see the rise of the Grey Jedi, and that's super cool that we that we get to see this sort of balance brought to the Force, which was foretold so long ago. But I think that it's difficult when you present this idea of like a dichotomy between good and bad and light and dark, and then the light side is also bad. It's it's like there is no good here. And I think that that's partly what's so bothersome about it is even when we have a hero, he's not really the hero. And nobody ever really is. And I think even Luke realizes that in the end, and that's why he goes and secludes himself on an island so far away. Because he realizes there are no heroes. I wasn't even the hero, and I'm the great Luke Skywalker, you know? Yeah, we'll we'll get into the Last Jedi later, but but that's but really quickly, that's something I actually really like about Last Jedi mm-hmm. is that Last Jedi intentionally acknowledges the faults and hypocrisy of the Jedi, and Luke even mentions Darth Sidious by name, but then at the end of that movie, he does decide to be a hero and re-accept uh, his mm-hmm. legendary status. But more about the prequels, though, if Lucas. If that was what Lucas was going for, it was intentionally making the Jedi 
uh, hypocritical jerks, then great, it wasn't executed well, or it's possible that he had no idea what he was doing and just made messy movies in my opinion, but I'm gonna hold the benefit of the doubt for now. But one Jedi that I think that shouldn't have been a hypocritical jerk, but who was, was Yoda. Yoda using Yoda ordering clones to shoot down uh, the enemy and attack the clones, and Yoda using a lightsaber and killing his enemies just just really frustrates me a lot. Like like I just I I just I don't know. Yoda in my mind should be a uh, is this you know like an empire and even last jedi you know he's very lar he's larger than life he's aloof he's kind of goofy but he's senile. also yeah senile mm -hmm. but also very wise and i don't know i just i just it, it just doesn't make sense to me that the yoda we see in the prequels somehow like who does you know who strikes first and who cut off the heads of those clones on Kadashi or whatever the Wookiee planet is and uh, I, I just don't see how that Yoda can become the Yoda that we see in Empire I mean but also take a look at um, someone like Luke you, Luke assumes the role of Yoda mm -hmm. in the sequel trilogy and you look at the drastic change between the two I think to, to look at any person real or fictional uh, and, and to look at an, an older version of them and say this is who you are and then to look at a younger version of them and some of the mistakes that they've made especially when they're uh under a lot of stress because an entire order mm -hmm. uh rests on their shoulders that that's a little unfair to that character i will say that some of the things that you pointed out such as uh you know really the the thing for me that that gets me more of most of all is how they can go from one moment saying oh a clone army this seems like it's a terrible idea and then the next moment they're like well it's the best idea we have and then just accepting the clones that that seems a little far-fetched in my mind and the, the best i can give to, for continuity's sake is that the dark side of the force has really clouded judgment all around yeah that's an easy out though and that's an easy out for almost all the bad decisions that are made. Yeah, and I don't think that yeah. you can say that that was all that planned everything. I mean, maybe if we went back. I haven't read any of the books, so I don't know if maybe there's something in there. But I think that it's there. there is some validity to the fact that it is war. And, you know, they are Jedi Knights. They are fighting for their lives as well. Right. And, and right. a lot of it is self-defense, but also sort of this, like, this almost, it feels like vengeance afterwards that really gets to me. And I guess it's all sort of pointing at the, again, pointing at the hypocrisy of the, the Jedi way in the prequels. I think, I think that the, the prequels aimed to do uh, exactly three things. And I, I, I disagree with you a bit, Colton. I, I say, I think that they... Did it pretty well. There are there are you know blunders here and there, mm -hmm. but the three things that the prequels aim to do is to, as we've already talked about, point out some hypocrisy in in uh, a Jedi order that had really outgrown itself. A lot of, a lot of uh, things. I'm looking at you, American government. Get get a little too. Oh geez. Uh, Get a little bigger than they need to be, and they get filled with hypocrisy and and problems, and then they start to fail. The people that they were sworn to protect, that sort of thing. So, I, I think that pointing out the the flaws in the Jedi Order was one of them. A second thing is uh, showing how the we went from a, a republic to the Empire, the the rise of Palpatine. I, I think honestly, a lot of that, while pretty dry at places, is really brilliantly executed. Mm -hmm. You think so? There are some parts that I think are a little weird, like when they let a Gungan stand up and convince them all into, yeah, accepting that. Yeah, okay, so that's 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 a little clunky. I think I think there's some. We can come back to it, but I think I think there's some really good points to to showing. As boring as I think all the Trade Federation stuff was, man, like Palpatine was was an evil genius, you know. And then the third thing 
that that the the prequels aim to do is is to show the the story of of Vader, right? To to show mm-hmm. from, I mean, his conception is talked about, but to show from birth all the way to to when he actually assumes the mantle of Darth Vader, yeah. it's epic. You know? Yeah, unpopular opinion. I actually love Revenge of the Sith. It's one of my favorite Star Wars movies to watch. It's not as unpopular as you think. I I really like that movie, and I think that that's what makes it kind of saves the prequels for me. It sort of overshadows all of the faults that I had with it because in the end you're just like, oh my goodness, this is Darth Vader. You know, like you really get to see this transition and the, the darkness overcoming Anakin for the first time. And you see, I guess, and then going back to like a Phantom Menace, you're like, where did this boy go? This young boy full of hope and love for his mother. And now he's like choking his pregnant lady. And <laughs> see, see, like, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I think that the... Uh, Anakin's journey from Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith is so inconsistent. Like, in the first movie, he's a young boy of hope. In the second movie, he's a whiny, creepy brat who uh, creeps on Padme and kills Tusken Raiders. Although, that scene was awesome. It's pretty awesome. That's, and when you, that's, when you the read Tusken the, Raiders scene was awesome. And when you read the novelization of the movie, the scene is even cooler. Mm. I'll just throw that out there. I, I think I have, actually, but I don't really remember. And then Revenge of Sith, like, uh, and then Revenge of Sith, like, his turn, his actual turn to the dark side is so abrupt. Because after he cuts off Mace Windu's hand, he's like, what have I done? And then ten seconds later, how shall I serve you, master? It's, like, so abrupt, and it's like, what? It is, but, and I know this is kind of an ex machina of sorts, but... I really think that that's just where you get to see that Palpatine brings down the full power of of the Force, the seductive dark side, upon him. And, I mean, you can almost see it in him. He looks uncomfortable. I'm not going to just chalk that up to bad acting. I'm sorry. I, I really like Hayden Christensen, too, so there's that. Hey. I, I really do. There's, hey. the un- there's the unpopular opinion. I really do like Hayden Christensen. But you can see he looks visibly uncomfortable as if he is being pressed down upon, oppressed by the the dark side of the force. And, and you know, he, he's been fed all of the lies or kind of lies or maybe there's some truth in it about about whether Padme can be saved and all, and all this stuff. He's been fed all of this and he says, you know what, this is my out. I think my, so I think that the, the transition of child to Darth Vader makes sense, honestly, when you look at just the development of a human person. You are a young child filled with hope and joy and optimism about the world. You get and a then, little pervy after Yeah, you get pervy and angsty <laughs> and whine about a lot of things when you're a teen because the world is hard and you're realizing it. And then to be swept up by the dark side of the force and being promised that, oh, your teenage romance could last forever and you never have to say goodbye and write your angsty boy drama songs, you know, I think that it makes sense, the whole transition. I do think that I get really upset when, like, his whole purpose for going to the dark side, which he claimed was Padme, he turns against her and is just, like, filled with hatred for her in a moment. And I'm just like... I get it because that's with a moment where you see all of the Anakin we once knew kind of crumble away, and you're like, he is fully consumed by the dark side. Of the it force. is. It is kind of but. a. It is. It is interesting, and this is sort of a another compliment I have towards Last Jedi. I literally just thought of this. Luke almost killing Kylo Ren mm. in that flashback is a mirror of Anakin kill, cho- force choking Padme because mm-hmm. Anakin force choking Padme was a very split decision, all blinded by rage decision, and so was uh, rage and fear, and so and so was the decision that Luke made by almost killing Kylo Ren was uh, he he was so blinded by rage and fear that he almost killed his nephew, and then uh, he didn't end up actually doing it, but it still cost him like so much, and mm-hmm. I I think that that's. Really interesting, actually. Like, 
this is definitely an unpopular opinion, but the more I watch and think about Last Jedi, the more I actually like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the the Luke almost killing Kylo right there. I think that that more mirrors the 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 scene where where Anakin is in indecision as to whether he's going to strike down Palpatine or not. That too. That I, too. I think that yeah. that's a pretty one 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 to one comparison. But yeah. I, I, I think we also need to remember, you know, we're, we're hating on him for lashing out at Padme in his rage. We have to remember, he's brand new to the Dark Side of the Force, and it is well documented, the Dark Side of the Force is prone to temper tantrums. Oh yeah, Kylo Ren, whipping that thing around. Yeah, absolutely. So, By thing, you mean lightsaber. Sure. Yeah, you can yeah, edit that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> God. <laughs> so... So being prone to temper tantrums like that, and he's he he's newly embracing all of all of the emotions as he's now been told, hey, you don't have to have the rules of the Jedi anymore. Embrace those emotions. And he's like, cool, I'm just gonna run wild. And then he does things that he regrets. Which honestly, if we were all told, whatever you're feeling right now, just act upon it. If we actually went through with that, we would do some things we regret. Maybe not as drastic, but we also don't have uh, the Force, so. Right. Well, uh, before we move on, I want to move on to talking about the sequel, Disney sequel trilogy. But before I do that, one last thing that I want to uh, hear you guys' thoughts on about the prequels. So, when the the prequel, so it's been widely known that the prequels before the uh, Disney Star Wars movies came out, it was widely known and mostly accepted that the prequels were uh, really bad movies, very messy, Revenge of the Sith was the best of them, and everyone agreed, every, everyone for the most part agreed on that, but then after the Disney movies that came out, uh, I've been seeing a lot more comments like, oh, the prequels are now redeemed because the new movies are are in our opinion worse or like or like I see people even try to state as a fact that the new movies are objectively bad and and, and I, I'm just I, I think that changing your mind about the prequels just because you don't like the sequels is really dumb mm-hmm. and I just want to get I just want to get your guys's quick thoughts on like this that very the changing reception uh, and thoughts towards the prequels. I think a wave of nostalgia has hit, hit people. Honestly, they're with the new. We've been blessed. We get new Star Wars movies. Like, let's just appreciate that for a second. We yeah. get to go to the movie theaters and appreciate new Star Wars content on the big screen. That's really freaking cool. And now being thrust into that, and then with the Mandalorian, and you know, Disney's doing some things with the Star Wars universe that's sort of thrusting us into this headspace and we're all getting nostalgic for when we first were introduced to it. And for a lot of the people in our generation, we look back to the prequels. And so I think we look back on it with this sort of glaze of fondness now, not even because of the sequels, although maybe partly because of that, but I think also just because people are nostalgic for when they first fell in love with Star Wars. I'm actually going to a little bit come against this notion that they were originally hated so much. It was that so that is a pretty, you know, stated fact. Everyone's like, oh, they're they're terrible. But I don't know how many people really believe that. You look at things like I, I, I'm an avid uh, participant in prequel memes mm-hmm. and prequel memes are fantastic. I don't think that we're going to see anything like that made, not to that caliber anyway, made of the sequel trilogy. And not just because, oh, look, it was it was all memes. It, it was it was so bad. I think there was a part of the prequel trilogy that really resonated within people, and they carried it for so long. And even after the sequels are out, people are still doing prequel memes. I, I think that kind of just shows that that, and and this will transition well, I think, into talking about the sequels is that George Lucas was a man with a with a vision, and he wanted to tell a story. He, he paid less attention to what would sell, and he just tried to tell his story. See, I I disagree with that. I think, because, you know, like, like I think that, like, I sure, you know, like, I'm, I, I think that George Lucas did have a story to tell, but at the same time, the prequels were mostly made to sell toys. Like, like you know, to sell toys and make money, and 
and all that stuff. Like, like, you know, like, you know, like, why else would there be, like, so much, like, of all these, like, crazy stuff, like, new droids? Like, like, I think that, I think that if George Lucas genuinely cared about 100% just, like, making, that telling the story he wanted to tell, then I don't think he would have included stuff like all these different kinds of droids or, like, uh, all these different Jedi or, like, all these different, like, creatures, like the Gungans and whatever. Like, I, I don't think, I think that if George Lucas really solely just wanted to just tell a story, then I don't think that he would have had, like, all this different stuff Look, in, I, in the movie. I'm not in the saying, prequels. right, I'm not saying that he didn't have that in mind. But I really fully do not believe that that was in the driving seat. That wasn't the, the force behind why he was making it. I think that he really had a story to tell. He did things that were unpopular. He was not afraid to kill off characters in really awesome ways for the story. I mean, it, it's totally different when you when you look at the sequel trilogy, which everybody is just coded in plot armor. People do not die, except... Mm -hmm. Except the original people, you, your Han, Luke, and Leia, and yeah. they were killed off in that order because that's the reason that the story looks the way it does. They said, they said when writing it, we want to kill off these three, and that's how they shaped the story. They killed off Han, and that shaped that whole movie. They killed off Luke, that shaped that whole movie, and then they 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 tried some, I guess, with. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, but anyway, that's my opinions on Rise of Skywalker. At least they tried. I I I guess I could kind of see where you're coming from, but I don't, I don't know. Like you know, I just I I think the prequels were also made the with uh, with a big intent to just sell toys, and you know, and and I I fell for it. You know, as a kid, I had. Star Wars trading cards, Star Wars action figures, Lego Star Wars. I vividly remember mm -hmm. playing on Lego Star Wars, uh, the Phantom Menace game, and pod racing, and fighting. Oh, yeah, that was a great one. Playing, good, yeah. playing both Qui-Gon. pod racing was gold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh my gold. gosh. Just, but, but, you know, like, like, but, you know, that this was, this is all, like, very, you know, people... Uh, nowadays, uh, I see some comments online, people complaining about, oh, Disney only made new Star Wars movies just to sell toys, and I look back to all the stuff I had as a kid, and I'm like, Disney, I mean, sorry, like, Star Wars, Star Wars has kind of been like that for decades now, like, I think. I think that something to think about, though, is Lucas is an artist who had the privilege of creating a world and then other people enjoying it and loving to be in it. And if you got the opportunity like, like, to present yeah. your story and your world to people, they eat it up and you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much more to share with you. Because he did. He had whole lore surrounding the Star Wars universe. And this is an exciting thing that he wants to share with people. If an artist has an opportunity to share their artwork with the world in a way that they love it, I think that you can't really blame somebody for being like, cool, I can make money off of my art, you know? The, the last thing I'll say of, about this idea of whether or not George Lucas was really trying that hard to tell a story or not, I think it really speaks to, each trilogy really speaks for itself. Everything that I've read kind of says that even though Lucas did unpopular things with the prequel trilogy, what are some of the things that we really see him doing? He, he, he gives Jar Jar less screen time, and we can thank him for that. Oh, yes, but, thank you for that, George Yeah, Lucas. we can thank him for that, but he, he didn't make a whole lot of concessions. Yeah, he let Samuel L. Jackson have a purple lightsaber, but that's because Samuel L. Jackson gets what he wants. <laughs> um, uh so he didn't make a ton of concessions you look to the sequel trilogy and you get all the way to the last one and it just feels like reddit wrote the script because they were bowing so much to what the fans wanted to see because their bottom line was their bottom dollar that definitely is true for for as much as i love force awakens yeah that is kind of true like both force awakens and rise of skywalker are written by reddit i think but 
Last Jedi does a lot of things that Star Wars fans didn't want, actually. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I, I, I will, I, I feel like I'm constantly defending Last Jedi, but I, 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 what I really, what I really appreciate about what Ryan Johnson did was that, you know, like he, se it seems like he genuinely cared about reinvigorating Star, like reinvigorating Star Wars and like making presenting something like new that we haven't really seen before. What's funny is that some friends in my personal life complained when Force Awakens uh, was a rehash of A New Hope, and then they accepted that Last Jedi would be like Empire, and then when it wasn't, they still got upset. So, like, I I'm, I'm not accusing my friends in real life of, you know, being, like, of being bad people or anything. I'm just saying that it's just interesting. Well, but also, when, when, you're, when you're expected to follow a rubric... And and then it diverges from that. I mean, you're you're either going to be happy that it diverged from it, or you're going to be upset that. I mean, it's not really neutral with that sort of thing. And and that's one of the big things that I actually don't like so much about the sequel trilogy is they subverted expectations simply for the sake of subverting subverting expectations for the twist that no one saw coming. Um, they did it just for the sake of the twist, not for the sake of the story. The story was worse off because of just some weird twists that they wanted to pull so that they could get a good reaction from the audience. I would disagree with that. I, I think that, you know, I think that Ryan Johnson kind of knew what he was doing when he pulled off some of these twists. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, I... I, I, I guess I could see where you're coming from, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're just. But rewatching the movie, I noticed. I yeah yeah the Canto Bite stuff and Rose kissing Finn was still, eh. But yeah, uh, I I was also able to notice a bit more of what exactly uh, R J was going for with Luke and Ray specifically. Like I I don't know. Just maybe I I'm pretty sure that's just me, but. So I actually love the full, like, so so. there are a lot of things I like about the sequel trilogy. Something I hate about Disney is that they have a formula they know works for entertainment. Right. And I think that they're milking Star Wars for the cash cow that it is in well, a lot of ways. You don't have to think. Well, of course. They've said it. I, of course. They're, they're milking it till it's dead, which is sad, but... Right now, you know, looking at the Star Wars movies for what they are, I think that The Force Awakens, they played it safe, you know, whatever. But they've taken all the things, they cheat in a lot of ways. They kill off our favorite characters from the original trilogy because that's the only way to get an emotional connection to something in their films on some level. Now, that's not to say I don't love some of the stuff that they're doing with the Force, especially in The Last Jedi, that Force connection between Kylo and Rey. I think is super cool and one of the neatest ways that we've seen the Force expanded in the, the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. Of which there were many. It's true, and I that's my other criticism about The Rise of Skywalker is that they really did it too much. It almost felt like an episode of Dragon Ball Z where it's like, now I'm yeah. going to combine with this and create this ultimate ability. Yeah, and I'm like, right, that's right. not what I'm looking for yeah. here. When I, when I walked out of Rise of Skywalker, I was just, at first, I was just left with this feeling of, well, I guess anything goes now. They created so much new, so many new things that the Force can do. And yeah, let's not forget that they used the Mandalorian, which can do no wrong, mm -hmm. to introduce this Force healing thing. But then I, I will say, I looked back at each trilogy did introduce a bunch of new things that the force can do oh gosh <laughs> midichlorians <laughs> which i'll just go on record saying i i'm pretty neutral on the midichlorians i don't really care i don't know why people are so upset because i guess bringing science into it takes out the the mystical like this isn't a sci-fi this is a space fantasy mm -hmm. i guess that's the best I've heard, is that it's not a sci-fi, it's a space fantasy, and because it's a space yeah. fantasy, people don't want to hear sci-fi jargon. Yeah, and I it just also feel... a little ruins some of the wonder of, like, anybody could be a Jedi. 
Yeah. And then this and kid from this planet. But you could just do super breeding to, like, make this guy have a baby with this guy, and you make a super Jedi. Ray, Ray was a... Yeah. Ray was a nobody who is still a, is mm-hmm. still a powerful, uh, badass Jedi. And that's what I really liked about Last Jedi. But then in the next one, nope. She's Ray Palpatine, and she and Kylo kiss, which still so, really pisses me off. I actually love that she's Palpatine's granddaughter. Really? I do. I th- So I think that it just mirrors. So, you know, it's like the whole thing is like a poem, and it rhymes a little bit in some areas. And I think this is one of the beats that I wasn't expecting it, even though, I, you know, I'm sure that it was talked about all over the Internet. That's not one of the things that I predicted was going to happen. And so when I got hit with it, I was like, Oh my gosh, it makes sense. And it does it, it though? Does it make does sense? Why she's I don't drawn think to the so. dark side of the force, why she, it, of course, there's less cohesion in the, the sequel trilogy. Way less due cohesion. To the lack of director, you know, communication. <laughs> but I think that I really like the twist with her and being Pal- Palpatine's daughter. I really like that, her granddaughter. I just, I just, I really dislike that twist, mm-hmm. and I just, I don't know, just, Ray being a nobody felt so special to it me. It felt be- so good. Because around that time, th- I'm, this is gonna get kind of sad, but around that time, I was feeling, like, very down to dumps, dealing with sa- uh, sadness, depression, all that, and I don't know, just, just, especially, like, 2017 and 2018 were overall not great years for me, but... Sitting in the theater for Last Jedi and uh, hearing Rey say that she's a nobody and then yet seeing her, you know, still be able to pilot the Millennium Falcon really well and be awesome with the Force and a lightsaber. I don't know. That that just really meant a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, so I really liked it when she was a nobody too. I think that it was one of the few moments from the rise of Skywalker that I didn't feel as much. It was like a cheap thrill. Um, Even though I know that some people don't see it that way, I felt because of the sort of poetry of it all, it felt right, um, as opposed to some of the other things that I don't think felt quite as right. Like, well, firstly, let's just applaud the sequel trilogy for Kylo Ren's whole arc. Kylo Ren's arc is <laughs> Kylo Ren's arc is objectively the most cohesive oh and best goodness. part of the, that trilogy. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I and I love the scene. I actually really like the scene a lot with him and um, Harrison Ford in The Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker. That scene that scene genuinely like surprised me. And I actually I actually really like that it mirrors uh, their last scene together in The Force Awakens. Yeah. It does mirror. I don't know is it really justified. So, so th- this is my problem. And you talk about it, it's like a poem, and it has rhyme. And I don't know, while I can agree that it has rhyme, and it mirrors, and all this stuff, it does it really justify it? Does the rhyme or the mirror justify doing what you're doing with it? Some people would say yes, some people would say no. I, I don't think that necessarily it makes it better because it is the same thing that we've seen before. If you look at the original trilogy, you know, they're doing amazing things with popsicle sticks. You know, they're going out of their way to create something that's never been done before. They're, it's, it's wonderful. If you look at the prequel trilogy and people, it gets criticized for uh, too heavy reliance on CGI. It's not really relying on it, though. What people are forgetting is they were doing things that nobody had ever done before with CGI. They were they were blazing new trails, and they opened it up for so many other people to do similar things in other movies. You know, they're pioneers in that. And then and then you get to the sequel trilogy. What are they pioneers of? They're not really pioneers of anything, and I guess ne- neither are they claiming to be because they're not doing anything new. They just decided to mirror the original trilogy, saying, well, we've heard that people didn't like the prequel trilogy, but they love the original trilogy, so if we just follow the formula of the original trilogy, there you go. I will confess, though, I will confess that I do think it is disappointing that 
the uh, Disney movies are essentially just their response to prequels. Like, oh, you guys didn't like the prequels? Then we'll focus more on practical effects. Absolutely. And, and, and there, as much as I love Last Jedi, there are definitely moments in that movie that are nostalgia baby. For sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that there's so much of the se- that again. I'll say it again. <laughs> That's one of my greatest criticisms of the sequel trilogy. It is way too reliant on nostalgia for most of its emotional impact. Like, I, and I and I don't think that that's great because they had a lot of good things going. And I think that this is another area where I think the sequel trilogy could have been much stronger. With they had some really cool ideas and concepts within The Force Awakens that I was really excited to see follow through. And then they basically dropped all that in exchange for what happened in The Last Jedi, which had some really cool ideas, had really cool story, had really good characters to some extent. And then they dropped all that again. And then they exchanged it for what happened in the final Rise of Skywalker movie. And I was just like feeling like nothing really happened and yet everything happened there was no yeah ex- that, that's exactly how i would describe yeah. rise of skywalker is that everything happened and yet nothing happened mm-hmm. and i still think that rise of skywalker it wouldn't have really improved the movie a lot but i think that a better way to end the movie would be if so ray di- ray dies from after defeating palpatine mm-hmm. kylo ren climbs up tries to force heal her but can't because she's dead mm-hmm. i i really don't like that force healing can be used to bring people back to life yeah. because it it really because it basically like why then why didn't anakin just bring padme back to life mm-hmm. like like i i really dislike that uh ray was brought back to life i think that in my opinion a better ending for rise skywalker would be uh, Ren tries to bring Rey back to life. He can't because once people are dead, they should stay dead. Yeah. And then Ren is the one that somehow ends up on Tatooine at the end. And that old lady goes up to him and is like, uh, who are you? And he's like, Ben. Ben Solo. I think I, I was fine with the ending with Rey on Tatooine and being like Rey Skywalker. But I think that Kylo Ren should have lived. Yeah, I actually think that too... Uh, the only thing that I think it would have the whole the whole series as a whole is meant to bring balance to the force in some way and we hadn't seen that really happen it, it was either good or bad or like good versus bad and then finally at the end of Rise of Skywalker we see balance in the forest as she becomes a great Jedi and you know she is moving forward into this new lineage as a Skywalker. And I think that I would have missed that sort of conclusion to the balance of the Force. However, I do wish that as a character, it would have been... And for that whole scene where, like, the Romeo and Juliet scene almost, where, like, oh, you're dead! No, wait, you're dead! And now you're alive again! And then this guy's dead and now we're gonna live happily ever after you know whatever i just it was too much of a psych out and i wish that ben solo would have been the one to survive and that yeah ray would have died and that maybe he could have risen up to be the gray jedi i think really you were gonna have a hard time ending the sequel trilogy no matter what the the way that i look at it Mm -hmm. yeah the way that i look at it the prequels they started slow everyone can agree, kind of dry and slow. And then they really finished with a climactic bang mm-hmm. that everybody, like, you know, they, nobody liked the first two that much at the beginning. And then they saw Revenge of the Sith and they thought, wow, redemptive. It really brought it all back. And then you look at the sequel trilogy and what you really have there is that they started out with a promise of something, you know, genuine and new, but they ended up with kind of a piecemeal amalgamation of somewhat cool ideas. And, you know, I, I actually really liked, like I said at the beginning, I, I said I either really liked the end of the, the prequels or the beginning of the sequels because I really think mm. that the sequels started off with, oh, wow, we're getting to look at, we're getting to look at a stormtrooper who has, mm-hmm. has defected and... What a cool idea. That was my first thought. I was like, oh man. It, from the moment that you see the blood smeared on on his helmet, 
and you're like, wait, we're actually following this stormtrooper? That's never been done. This is really cool and original. And, and there were a couple more things like that that felt really cool and original. And then it just started to kind of fall off when you start seeing, but even though we're looking at this stormtrooper, and then we, we just don't follow that idea through. Like, we, we never really see where it goes. One issue that I have with Last Jedi, you could tell that Ryan Johnson had no idea what to do with Finn. But and but he did. But he was probably uh, too scared to get rid of Finn, either because people like Finn or because Disney Lucasfilm Kathleen Kennedy was like, no, we still need Finn. So you can tell that Ryan Johnson had no idea what to do with Finn. So he was just like, all right, I'll create this subplot and I'll introduce this new Asian character, Rose, and who. If you think that Rose is the worst Star Wars character of all time, I'm sorry, no. Like, Rose is just meh. Like, she's nowhere near as bad as, like, Jar Jar Binks or that guy from Tatooine who, who's like, it's all about the money and from, like, Phantom Menace, like, that Qui-Gon interacts with. Like, yeah, no. I'm a Twitterian. Mind tricks don't work on me. Right, right, right. That guy. I really... So, this is... Watto. The last... Watto, right, right. Watto. The last two movies, so... The Last Jedi, again, I really love, actually, I love the whole story with Luke and Rey and Kylo. Yeah, That whole thing, same. I'm in love with it. I think it was really wonderfully done, and I love the way it expands the universe. Yeah, same. I do not like the secondary plot line of them going to this gambling planet. And, and I mean, you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who likes it, because right. it really is I didn't hate it. Forced. I, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't like it. Right. And then, so, then you've got, like, Poe Dameron, who, honestly, don't like the guy. I think he's awful. Then the next movie, they take him and they put him in charge of everything, like a moron. Why would they <laughs> do that? <laughs> well, then, so, so the, idea, the idea was they were trying to mirror the original trilogy. You had Luke, Leia, and Han, and they were trying to have... Uh, Ray, Finn, and mm-hmm. Poe, mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be. It. But then, where's the cohesion? Mm-hmm. If you're trying to make that like, like the three of them in the original trilogy, they became kind of inseparable. One of us got, fr- one of the group got frozen in carbonite. Let's go get him. And then, if you're trying to mirror that, which I mean, if you're trying to do something, stick with it, right? Mm-hmm. If they're trying to mirror it, where do you see the cohesion? The you see the cohesion best in in the in The Force Awakens between Rey and Finn yeah. where it's kind of like, oh, is this about to be romantic? I'm not really sure what's happening here. And then Poe randomly gets feelings for Rey in the last movie suddenly. Yeah, and then they like, just kind of all split ways. And they go they go, and they all do their own thing and also, it just feels weird. Yeah, also Finn telling Rey, Rey, I have something to tell you. And then and he, he never, never tells he never tells, he never you tells know, her what I he wants to say. Yeah. You talk about people being too scared to do edgy things with, I don't know. But what was the point? Like, it was just to make people upset. (laughs) I don't Um, know if it was. Uh, I'm not trying to defend this movie. I really am not trying to defend this movie. But I don't know if the point was to make people upset. I think it was kind of, why waste dialogue saying something when the, the expectation left hanging kind of said it all? I think that it was wasted dialogue. To say something at all. Okay, Instead yeah, of just saying, fair. by the way, you're Palpatine's granddaughter, like, or whatever he had to say to her, like, instead of, I have to tell you something later, or I never told you something, tell her right then. You could probably done it in one sentence, too. Like, I just, I get very frustrated with it. And I think that in, in the whole story of The Rise of Skywalker, I actually, like, the whole... I go like a whole 180, and I like the Poe, Finn, and Rose really isn't a part of the story, but I like Poe and Finn's storyline and the whole rebellion storyline way better than I like Ray and Ben, well, not Ben, God bless him. Um, I really like the rebellion storyline way better than I like Ray and her whole Palpatine thing going on, the whole movie, even though that's meant to be our main storyline, I think that it's just less cohesive and I'm actually less invested when all of those rebellion fighters showed up just out of the blue I was like oh oh my gosh 
we're gonna win the war it's amazing all this stuff and i that was one of the first moments where they actually earned my emotional response instead of like killing off one of my favorite characters i would respect personally i have a different opinion when mm. all those when all those honestly uh when lando showed up with all those extra ships and the millennium falcon and stuff i just thought we all oh, oh i just thought oh they're just trying to sell more toys and um I, honestly like and it also felt like they were copying the portal scene from endgame you know when like all the heroes show up like mm. like i mean yeah it is it is also it, it, as much as i love endgame it is also the portal scene is also kind of just like fist bumpy kind of moment yeah. selling toys kind of thing but it also but they they were able to the russos were able to make it feel Earned, right. yeah. I mean, Even if they are just trying to sell toys, it, it serves its purpose. We yeah. all do get that swell of emotion, mm -hmm. sure, but I mean, really, really predictable. No one was really thinking. Sure. No one's going to show right. up, right? Right, right. And they put themselves in this catch twenty two because no one thinks that they're not going to show up. But then, if in the end they let they didn't show up, we would be like, well, there's another time that they're trying to subvert our expectations yeah. by leaving us kind of right. le leading us to think that they're gonna so I, I think they just put themselves in a position where they didn't really need to i was still more invested in the rebellion storyline than i was in ray's storyline during this last movie the, the rebellion storyline honestly didn't feel finished to me hmm. like like they presented all these cool ideas you know poe and zuri's past uh finn meeting jenna who also oh, is formerly a first order stormtrooper but they don't really do anything with yeah, these they, ideas. they really don't. They, they, you said it, and we've said it again and again about the sequels. They had a whole bunch of really cool ideas and then just never really went anywhere or did anything or even connected them. Mm -hmm. Some things are just, like, left dangling off, not connected to any part of the story. Yeah. And it just, I think, that alone, and my frustration gets all the way, it, it gets taken out on... Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, when really there was a bit of it in all of the sequel trilogy. Uh, it gets taken out on Rise of Skywalker the most, I think, because it just feels like we got here, but did we earn it? And I almost feel like the reason that it's easy to push everything on Rise of Skywalker is it's because I'm waiting for the finale, like the climax, the resolution of the things that have been thrown at me in the last two movies, which could have been saved. I honestly think that neither of those movies were bad enough that it couldn't have been saved by a really good last movie, but they didn't take what they had in front of them and sum it all up. Instead, they created another third plot line <laughs> that doesn't connect to the others that well. And, and something that I say not just about Star Wars and not just about things that Disney does, but kind of about sequels in general, they all fall, not all, I should not say that, uh, a lot of them fall victim to the same couple of things where they try to outdo what the originals had. Or they think, oh, well, the originals, the, the original, it was really good because they introduced all these lovable characters. So, hey, in the sequel, let's introduce a bunch more lovable characters. And then it just feels crowded. It feels like there's a lot going on. In my opinion, sequels are always too complicated. They don't streamline their stories. They leave a lot of loose ends. Things feel rushed and jumbled together. And that, that to me, just goes for sequels in general, but it's, but it's very true, the sequel trilogy. Um, whereas I don't think you could say that of the prequel trilogy. I don't think it feels... Some parts do feel rushed. We're covering uh, the span of a bunch of years at times, but it doesn't feel necessarily overly complicated or jumbled together, I don't think. Well, I, I agree with you what you said about the sequels, but at the same time, I, in my opinion, the prequels are also complicated and overly, like, jumbled, but, I, I you know, but, you know... What's complicated? I feel I, like it's so linear. I, I just, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I just, I just feel like, maybe, like, complicated in, ter I mean, maybe, I mean, complicated in terms of, like, a filmmaking perspective, in terms of a story perspective, I, I, honestly, it just feels like it, it doesn't feel co in, in my like at least with Anakin's storyline, it doesn't feel coherent in my opinion. Like Anakin's a boy, 
Anakin's a hopeful boy in the Phantom Menace in Attack of Clones. He's a whiny brat. In the third movie, he's Darth Vader all of a sudden. Like, it feels so abrupt. And, sure. and, and, and maybe complicated isn't the right word for me to describe the prequels, but I, I don't know. Just, I, I, I still think that I prefer the sequel trilogy over the prequel trilogy. Although, Star Wars in general, and I think this is nostalgia kind of blinding me, like, it's kind of hard for me to dislike Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Star Wars, to me, is is worse, is the worst when it's at mediocre. Solo and The Rise of Skywalker, I probably won't really watch ever again because mm-hmm. those movies I just feel hollow watching. At like as much as an Attack of the Clones, I don't want to watch again. But Phantom Menace, as bad of a movie as Phantom Menace is, I still love it. Right. Like I could still watch it over and over again and enjoy the pod racing and Darth Maul duel and the Duel of the Fates music by John Williams. Yeah. But also the score to the prequels. The score to all the movies is great. Yeah, I think that the prequels suffered from a lot of dryness in a lot of ways and then uh, like I was disinterested in one part when I was a child and now I'm disinterested in another part of it now that I'm an adult but then now the the sequels suffer from kind of the opposite problem where there's too much to be interested in and not enough follow through with those interests and I don't know what the greater sin is honestly I really do like the prequels I don't think there's anything I mean there's clearly things wrong with them I think that the sequels might be easier to watch due to their higher production value. That's the case for me. And their acting. Like, it's very good all around in those areas because Disney is rolling in dough. But, you know, I I don't think that that's not a reason to go back and watch the prequels as well. I really do like them both. I think that I feel privileged to be a part of the last era of Star Wars. Mm, If it will be. I mean... Disney making sure. a movie mm-hmm. every year for as long as people will watch them. I mean, yeah. I, 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 you know what? What's funny is that before Solo and Rise of Skywalker came out, I defended Disney like crazy to all the naysayers. I was like, no, Disney knows what they're doing. Like, uh, we, 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 we. Uh, I have complete faith in them. And then after Solo and Rise of Skywalker came out, I was like, oh, maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe the naysayers are kind of right. But then the Mandalorian is hope. Mandalorian is hope. <laughs> and and speaking of uh, speaking of Mandalorian, there might be Star Wars Episode Ten coming out in 2022. Obviously, there's Clone Wars Season Seven, Mandalorian Season Two, and uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus. Just Star Wars in general going forward. Will you guys continue to watch Star Wars, or are you tired of the franchise now? So, with Marvel. They've they've run this road so far. They they've really made it so weary. I stayed with it until an, an end game. It felt good as to to kind of round it out. But as much as I love superheroes and I really love superheroes, I'm kind of I'm kind of the point where I'm done mm-hmm. with it. I really don't want Star Wars to turn into that. I love Star Wars so much. I love you know being the nerd who knows all of the the random trivia. Although I've probably said something that someone's going to pick out that's like, well, that's right. actually completely right. inaccurate. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, I, I love being a Star Wars nerd. I do. I, I desperately do not want Disney to do what they did with Marvel to Star Wars to the point where I go, well, I don't need to watch this thing because the the whole the whole franchise has become so diluted. Right, right. There are some things I'm very excited about. I love Mandalorian. I think it is so true to what George Lucas's vision of Star Wars, the Star Wars universe was, and I think it's just really fun and good. And I don't have anything bad to say about it. And then I'm really looking forward to the Obi-Wan series as well. Oh, Firstly, absolutely. Ewan McGregor's yeah, cool, yeah. and Obi-Wan was plus, a great character. Plus uh, Deborah, uh, Deborah Chow, who directed some of the Mandalorian episodes, uh, yeah, yeah. is directing the... I believe she's directing all of the Obi-Wan nice. episodes. Maybe, I'm not sure yet. But she's definitely like one of the head people behind the Obi-Wan show. So there's definitely stuff I'm super excited for in the future of Star Wars, even if like things like solo grind my gears a little bit 
I, I think that they're still going to put out some pretty good content, especially for those Disney Plus subscribers. Cause, yeah. You know. I, I, like, for me, just, it's, like, it's hard for me to, to like, want to avoid Star Wars. Like, mm -hmm. like Star Wars, no matter how cheesy or dumb it gets, like, I, I still love it, with the exception of, like, Attack of the Clones. I still love it no matter how messy uh, or goofy it gets. And I will check out whatever uh, Disney Lucasfilm comes up with in the future, but also with a bit of caution. Mm -hmm. All right, so I think that I'm going to wrap things up now. We have gone over an hour, which was not originally the plan, but we had fun talking, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank you guys again, Tabitha and William, for agreeing to be on my podcast and for talking Star Wars with me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it again anytime. Mm -hmm. This is the end of the third episode of my podcast, and I hope to see you guys soon, and hope all of you have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the third episode of my podcast. I've been having a lot of fun meeting up with friends and talking to them about various topics and even editing these videos. I just want to quickly remind you to please Lower the volume on whatever device you're watching you watch this episode on so that for the next uh, video you watch, you don't blow your eardrums out. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for watching and I uh, hope to see you guys soon.